questions, uh, we're all available for any questions to any of us. Education reform, Governor, uh, you've had a balanced budget with no tax increases. Uh, dealing with what some people would say immigration and you know, the abortion issue in a very comprehensive way. This seems to be like somebody who's you know, putting together an agenda that might be suitable to run for a higher yeah. office. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, it occurred to me while I was making my breakfast this morning. If I switched from oatmeal to cornflakes, someone would say it was a move to the Iowa caucus. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just a weird time. Now, listen, I, people can believe what they want, but I hope some people here know us well enough to know this is an agenda for Indiana's future. That's all we've cared about. We've been working on this subject and others for years, and um, our views on the, on the issues that you just rattled off are not new. They've been known for a long time, and we just finally, in certain cases, got to a general assembly led by the kind of people and fill, full of the kind of people who are willing to help us uh, make them real. So that's there's no more meaning than that in there. And, Well, as, as was said, locally designed, but there will be models made available. I don't know. Tony, why don't you say a word about the detail? Brian, I think the, the key is what Governor Daniels just mentioned. It is locally developed. And what we wanted to allow was the opportunity for innovative um, evaluation models to be incubated a, across the state. Frankly, that, that is an issue that seems to get a lot of play but it's an issue that's already being utilized in many school corporations across the state. Um, you know, first of all, we got a, a, almost a $40 million federal grant to develop the teacher incentive fund, uh, or as part of the teacher incentive fund, where we use TAP, uh, the teacher advancement model. And that has a peer review component. Um, Warren Township on the east side of Indianapolis has an evaluation process. The PAR process in Anderson, which is based on a, the Toledo, Ohio model, has a peer review component. So what we wanted to do was allow school corporations the flexibility to develop evaluation models that met the needs of their school corporation and utilize the resources necessary to give meaningful, annual, data-driven reviews of teachers so that we could begin to utilize those to improve student instruction. But, you know, again, that's just a component for a locally developed model. Well, you can't make a decision, announce a decision you haven't made. And uh, so that's not much more to say than that. I will as soon as I've come to rest in my own mind what the right thing to do is. No, of course, I'm, I'm listening to all sorts of people and uh, hearing from all sorts of people, and every one of them has an opinion that I value. Governor, on the issue of all-day kindergarten, I know there are people out there who thought when the budget would come through that they wouldn't have to pay any more money for full-day kindergarten, and that the larger schools thought money was coming, and now they're saying, well, there isn't money for this for larger school systems, and parents are starting to continue to pay for it. Help us translate what this victory really is to people out there. Does it pay for everything, or is it less than that? 
I'm going to let Tony answer the details of how we administer the FDK fund. First, Kevin, uh, I think the first thing we have to understand is that full-day kindergarten, you, you have to put another concept with it, and it's called compulsory attendance. Uh, the compulsory attendance laws in our state start when children would reach first grade. So we, a number of years ago, again, under the vision of Governor Daniels, developed a grant for full-day kindergarten for school corporations that want to offer it and parents who want to take advantage of it. And that was the focus of that grant. The, at the time, we were able to serve about 75%, or up to now, we were able to, to serve about 75% of that population. This completes that. To your question specifically, all children, full-day kindergarten in all schools, that would all, we would also have to go back and ask our legislative leaders to consider is it the right policy to require compulsory attendance for children a year earlier. And then that would be another expenditure of funds to expand that. So this completion, which I, you know, we cannot minimize the effect this will have on the children of our state. The completion of the full-day kindergarten grant is a pool of money for school corporations who want to use it and for parents in those school corporations who want to take advantage of it. And that's the way this works. It's much like our summer school grant. It's a pool of money, and the pool of money is distributed based on demand. Well, I, I, you know, I don't think it is a matter of do the teachers make less. Obviously, one of the things we tried to correct in this piece of legislation was that good teachers would make more, and if they're good kindergarten teachers, we want them to make more. So why is it okay to give schools less for kindergarten than it is? How is it fully Sure, and again, Leslie, I'm going to go back to the concept of where we started with this. This started with a pool of money, okay? And it started with a pool of money on a fixed amount of money for, that was determined to be the amount for half-day kindergarten. So right, very rightfully, the governor and our, and our legislature took that as the mathematical model and expanded that to our, our current full-day kindergarten, fully funding our full-day kindergarten grant. It's not a, a, a statement as to whether kindergarten is cheaper, should be more important. It's not that. What we did was built on the model we had. Do we, will we need to go beyond that at some point in the future? I, I think that will be a policy decision and a fiscal decision we'll have to make. And Leslie, I think once again, we're sitting here today talking about ed policy, and you're talking about full-day kindergarten. One of the things this General Assembly did that no one's going to talk about is they became leaders. Speaker Bosma, President Pro Tem Long, became leaders in the nation of putting fiscal policy and education policy together. It's the first time in this state's history, and in my opinion, it's the first effort by a state in this nation to do this in this manner. To, the, to your point, I think our next step in putting fiscal policy 
and Ed policy together will be to answer that question. But we had to get here first. No, but we have, a, we have a budget that is rock solid with which we ought to all be so pleased. And um, I have no reason to think that, uh, as you saw in the um, material from yesterday, there are 800 providers in the same area, um, in the same areas that, in which um, the one organiza seven organizations may no longer be Medicaid eligible. And I would assume that the same number of patients show up, the same number of Medicaid dollars, state and federal, will flow. But if they don't, we've got a budget that is totally rock solid, and we won't miss it. Can you talk about the impact of the budget on, on smaller school corporations? There were some news accounts this past week that the budget might force some of them to consolidate, which is something I think that we've uh, talked about in the past. Well, maybe I better ask one of the legislators. Uh, you guys want to toss a coin for that? I'll, I'll, I'll say a word. At, about the about consolidation but go ahead Brian Brian the final formula did include a uh, the equivalent of a small school grant it's not called that anymore but those smaller school corporations did receive a, an additional stipend which tended to level the field just a little bit for those uh, smallest corporations now that doesn't take away the natural incentive to look for means of, of uh, cooperation and collaboration and possibly consolidation and those means are already in law from 2005 when uh, we adopted the uh, the voluntary consolidation language which also allows schools to make that decision let, let, let me just follow that just follow that just for a second um, we have too many school administrations in this state everybody knows it we have school administrations smaller than some grade schools they don't need their own little mini bureaucracy. And this is where an enormous pool of money remains available, 40 cents of every Indiana education dollar is not in the classroom. And so it's a huge opportunity that still remains. Nobody has acted or wants to to force anybody to consolidate. You would hope that just out of good government and pro-education motives, uh, you'd start to see some of this. And, and we are beginning to see some. You know, we have open state procurement. Uh, to school districts, and there, some of them, for instance, have come into the state health plan already. I think seven at last count. They're saving millions, um, and uh, we want to help them any way we can to move dollars from the back office to the front lines, pay teachers like this, and have more of them. So, one would hope that uh, you would begin to see certainly more collaboration, maybe some consolidation of bureaucracy. Um, but um, you know, there's no there's no conscious plan to make that happen. Governor, you, everything wasn't positive. You didn't get the criminal justice right. reforms. The, the Kern and Shepherd reforms blocked again. Even the tiny shred that was left yet yeah. last night. Uh, is there any hope that you can get those done in your last term, or will it just be too political next year? Oh, we'll get. I'm always. If a good idea is always worth trying again. And um, many of the things that have just come to fruition in this spectacular legislative session. Didn't, didn't happen there first or second time. We don't believe in walking away from a good idea just because we're not, 
um, successful on the first attempt. So yeah, I, I'll still continue to speak for these things, and uh, I'm disappointed they didn't happen, but don't get everything you want uh, ever, and not even in a session this great. Oh, I disagree completely. Uh, first of all, it was a success from the moment that it produced a great report with 29 recommendations and I think uh, brought a lot of important information to the attention of Hoosiers. About nine, eight or nine of those recommendations have been acted on. It's not enough, and the big ones remain. But no, I think uh, we owe them a great debt of gratitude. I'm glad we did it. Uh, we all understand these issues better now, and some of them have actually, uh, um, these reforms have occurred. No. No, again, I would hope that just as in the school context that uh, uh, local civil units, and, and we're seeing the early signs of this, would begin to cooperate or even uh, combine in the interest of taxpayers. The one thing that was done wasn't the executive branch, it was done with the leadership uh, at this table. Well, when we put on property tax caps, it meant that local units and schools could no longer just simply turn up the screws on, turn down the screws on the taxpayer, uh, and to get more money every time they wanted. Now they got to go get permission and referenda beyond a certain point. That may lead to um, them doing some things they should have done long ago anyway. We'd like to see the federal government start paying its bills, not printing money in infinite quantities. And, um, but that's not unique to Indiana. I mean, most states um, are doing, let's, every state I know is doing a better job than the federal government. I don't think any are doing a better job than Indiana. Thank you to, to the legislators. But uh, there's an obvious example, but I don't think it's, there's nothing unique about the Indiana circumstance, except perhaps by degree. Governor, a lot of the education reforms that you pushed were with, um, were things that the Federal Department of Education was behind the mm -hmm. well. A lot of Republicans don't think there should be a Federal Department of Education. I wonder what you think. I think there's a, there's a meaningful federal role in education, but uh, the department is it at a minimum, vastly larger and spends much more money. Just in the last two years, it's been bloated up enormously. Um, so I don't, I don't uh, uh, disagree that there are certain value to a federal, for instance, uh, talking about uh, common standards so we all are, uh, measure, are we're, we can understand how Indiana kids are doing compared to other states, that's a useful role. I thought some of the things they did in Race to the Top, encouraging the very kind of reforms that we just broke through with here, at least on a one-time basis, might make some sense. But uh, like the rest of the federal government, it's way too big, it's way too nosy, and could stand to be downsized. Yeah. It means social justice has come uh, to Indiana education. It means that the ability to uh, 
uh, choose a school that a parent believes is best for their child's future is no longer limited to the wealthy. Um, it means that the whole range of choice is now available in Indiana. First, we made it possible for parents to move from public school district to public school district without tuition, and many have chosen that option. Second, uh, now the, um, the, I think we'll see an enormous leap in the number of charter schools, which often serve specific populations and, and in special ways. And now, for families that have tried the public schools, that's the way this bill is structured, if they have tried the public schools and believe they are not serving their child well, they will not be uh, forced to continue in those schools just because they don't have a high enough income. And I think that's the soul of, of justice, and I think that it will um, change individual lives and also be another helpful bit of competition that makes the whole system get better. No. I mean, I'll, we'll have an individual look at every bill, but I, I've not, I don't have that concern. I think the legislature is pretty sensitive to that, actually. Governor, what are your thoughts on the, the Democrats will say that uh, this session wasn't one for working families, you didn't cut the, the sales tax on gasoline for the summer, uh, you know, some of the future war was more anti-teacher, anti-union, anti-collective bargaining. What's your reaction to that? All bogus. <laughs> 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 I don't think I need to. I mean, I think you know that rhetoric when you hear it. I mean, the, the, the most anti-middle class policy I know is the one they always bring, which is let's spend a whole lot of money we don't have or may not have, and let's then in the, uh, inevitably raise people's taxes. And, um, you know, when we're defending taxpayers, and that's our first and most important principle every session, that's the most pro-middle class and, and, uh, and lower income policy I know. I think it'll take a while to digest. Our, our, fir our first session was a pretty epic session. There was a lot of undone uh, work to, to catch up on and a little hard to top that one, but I have to tell you I'm very emotional today um, because of the uh, specific uh, nature of this year's changes and the fact they involve young lives and what I think, the promise I think they bring uh, to young lives if we're good at implementing these changes. So um, there have been other sessions where we did huge things, uh, um, but long term, this may be, this may be the most meaningful set of changes of all, and I hope it will prove that way. Oh, I, saw, I was, it's not the first right to life bill I've signed that's consistent with policy I've always had, and uh, I was for this bill from the beginning. When, as, uh, when this provision was added to it, doesn't, there's no reason for me to change my mind. I took a day or two to check the contention that somehow services would no longer be available in certain areas. Turns out it's completely groundless. 
There'll be ample options, and we're going to make sure that every uh, Medicaid uh, recipient knows about those options. The answer to your second question is yes. Uh, any of the seven organizations that seems to be uh, likely to be affected here can requalify for Medicaid funds immediately if they simply cease or separate their uh, abortion activities. I just, I just thought it was worth checking for a day or two to find out. I was startled to find out how many other options there are in Evansville or anywhere else. We provided you with a, with a summary of that. And I did order the department to reach out directly and through other providers to make certain that, for instance, the 400, if that's the, the number uh, you discovered, uh, learn about uh, what will literally be dozens of other choices they have in the event that their current provider decides to, in essence, disqualify itself from, from Medicaid under the new law. Governor, one of your achievements you listed wasn't originally on your agenda to cut the corporate income tax. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you can talk about the significance of that. Yeah. Um, we have always, probably our principal goal always has been to make uh, Indiana the best business climate possible. We've always been looking and finding ways to lower the cost of hiring Hoosiers. And I think it's showed some real great results. And we have said for a long time that in a generally low tax structure, when you compare Indiana uh, taxes and especially business, uh, overall business taxes with other states, we look pretty good. But the corporate tax itself, income tax, has always stuck out a little bit. And um, so uh, it, we did not discover until after the session started, or I'd have mentioned it in the state of the state, a way to pay for this, and uh, took a lot of research and a lot of work, but it basically uh, we're closing a unique loophole that only Indiana was offering. Uh, if you want the details, I mean, only Indiana in, in the nation, I discovered, um, was offering a tax break on the bonds of other states, not just on the on Indiana borrowing, but in essence, we were Hoosiers were subsidizing California's recklessness and some uh, in Massachusetts borrowing and so forth. So that didn't seem to make much sense to us, and it turned out that by ending that very unique and almost strange tax preference, we created enough money to do something that I know Brian and David and others have wanted to do for a long time, and this will now make Indiana a little more competitive next time we're talking to an employer about coming in. So I, I think it's a great outcome, and it was consistent with this very strong balanced budget because it... Uh, on a, on a fiscal basis, it's a wash. Now, there's this question for you and for the legislative leaders mm -hmm. plow through the line, I guess, and see if we can get a couple of yards. Uh, we'll, we'll have to look at that in the future, Leslie. Uh, I think the Planned Parenthood organization was one of specific focus and has been uh, both nationally and in Indiana for some time. 
And uh, the, when the Senate put the measure on, uh, House Bill 1210, which we thought was in a pretty good spot at the time, we looked at it and said, well, this, this is something, and we consulted, and uh, said this is something, a step that we ought to make uh, at this point. And if we need to look for more or less in the future, uh, we'll do so. And, uh, but it, it was the right spot for us to be. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't the, the advocate or the author of the measure, but those who were the advocates and the authors of the measure uh, pointed to the uh, extreme multiplier of uh, uh, options for adoption to abortion, uh, specifically for Planned Parenthood, which delivers more than half of those abortions in Indiana every year. So I think that's the attention grabber, and again, this doesn't take away options, options for Planned Parenthood, options for Hoosiers. What it does is state that your taxpayer money and mine will not subsidize uh, those services. Even if there are other options, though, are you not concerned with the idea of forcing Medicaid recipients who are at the lowest income, most, most vulnerable citizens, to find new doctors? I mean, especially these people. That'll, that'll be up to the options that uh, the governor's indicated are going to be communicated uh, to folks. Again, in the House, when we looked at it, of course it was late in the session that it happened, we had individuals who specifically drilled down into the details of, uh, of available options, and it appeared to us in the short period of time that we had to review it that those options were available. Uh, the governor and FSSA are looking even further into those details, and uh, we appreciate that. He actually committed to us as we made the decision to allow the measure to proceed, that he would be doing just that. I wonder if the governor could answer the question about whether hospitals should be included here or not. Um, I think that Brian has answered the question well. As I understand the um, uh, goals of those who added this provision, it had to do with the aggressive promotion of abortion by at least one organization as opposed to simply providing services. That's my understanding. And um, I'm just going to point out this bill passed with an overwhelming bipartisan majority in both houses. And clearly this is supported by public opinion polls I've seen. This expresses the will of the people of Indiana. And uh, I had no basis for overturning it and no intention of doing so. Governor, when you say separate, I just want to make sure I understand. Um, say there is a, you know, people provide, you know, Talk to one of the lawyers, but yeah, that sounds like the description I've heard. Governor, what did you think about them naming the early graduation you? I'm uneasy with it. <laughs> I honestly didn't know, and uh, um, I think I might have had time to protest, but I just didn't. Uh, I, I, I fond of the idea, but I'm not fond of having my name stuck on it, honestly. I, but I appreciate the gesture. So what do you all do next year? <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on the Michigan Angels for <laughs> There's a non-starter. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks so much for coming. <laughs>